The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 49. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everybody, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. And so today we are discussing Season 3 of Star Wars Rebels, Episode 6, The Last Battle. And so joining me today on the panel are, first up, we have Mike Creevy. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. Second, we have Andrew Hermes. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Father. And third this evening is Angela Cialana. What's up, everybody? Oh, all sorts of stuff. And we're going to we're going to jump into it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but before we before we jump into that, uh, to just to, to let everybody know, we're, we're recording this on July 13th. And so um, there was some some news that dropped today that we want to talk about briefly. Um, Star Wars announced today that uh, they are releasing uh, a new Disney Plus animated series all focused on the Bad Batch. So the, the clones that were introduced in in season seven of the Clone Wars, it will follow the Bad Batch and as they try to find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I know we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but Mike, we didn't even talk to you about it yet. So what do you think? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited um, because those guys were so fun and um, I know um, uh, back when we talked about those first few episodes from from season seven um, uh, and I know Angela had talked a lot more about like the sort of background of that like those episodes that um, correct me if I'm wrong but like the ones that they had had kind of sketched mm-hmm. out you know that they hadn't been able to finish at the time so there's like there's been this anticipation for them um, it was my introduction to them because I hadn't really been familiar with that beforehand. But I just remember, like, really at the end of the, the I guess it was the fourth episode, you know, that um, uh, season seven kind of finished that arc off. And I just remember, like, really enjoying them so much and just kind of thinking, like, I really hope we see them. You know, I wondered if we'd see them at the end of that season or something or they'd come back into it. So they didn't do that. But uh, I think this is better. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it'll be just a lot of fun to have it be as much as I love Rebels and Clone Wars, you know, to have it be related but its own kind of thing will will be pretty neat mm-hmm. I, i'm excited for the show um and i think that uh, i know we're talking like you said before we recorded um you know it's kind of a surprise you know we were kind of anticipating more announcements surrounding like new star wars properties you know new timelines um uh but uh again like you know like mike just said it, it's it's they're a cool bunch to be around and i think they're probably this was probably a a decision they made fairly you know soon after the success or the popularity of the bad batch episodes of uh this past season of clone wars so um 
they're probably just piggybacking off that. And, uh, you know, again, with, with streaming platforms, they can do an unlimited amount of shows and with the resources that Disney has, they can try stuff. And, you know, even if it doesn't work out or fizzles, there's probably something that's going to be announced soon here. That's going to make us excited about as well. So, um, uh, all in all, it's more Star Wars. It's it's uh, more Clone Wars related stuff. So I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, honestly, I think they watched the fan reaction as you were saying, and they were like, "Dude, we could make a lot of money off of this." <laughs> 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 there's there's so much excitement around these characters, and they are unique to uh, as you know compared to each other. Um, lots of I see lots of action figures and T-shirts and cosplay and all kinds of things in the future so um you know i you know it's it's new story it's not new characters but it it will be a new story so let's welcome it with open arms and see where it takes us yeah i'm i'm also fairly excited for it it's it's exploring a little bit of the timeline that we haven't had a whole lot happen in between episodes three and four and i think it's quite a bit providential that we're talking about a clone wars related episode from rebels uh when this got announced uh from star wars because uh in the episode that we're going to talk about where we deal with even how captain rex you know dealt with or is he needs closure from the from the clone wars um and so to to see how the bad batch deals with the aftermath of order 66 and everything will be really interesting to to watch and to see how that plays out and and what they do and and how they deal with everything. So I I think it's yeah, I think it's surprising. I did not expect that kind of an announcement today, but uh I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um the other random thing since today is July 13th. Uh did you guys realize that today is Harrison Ford's birthday? Ooh. I did not. Happy birthday, oh, sir. No. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Harrison Ford. <laughs> Han Solo. Um, also if I, if I dared, uh, jump the chasm here into the Star Trek universe, it's also Patrick Stewart's birthday. Nice. Well, who doesn't like Patrick Stewart? So, right, 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 right. So I'm so tempted to grab this, uh, Captain Picard action figure on the shelf out here. I'm tempted to go grab it, but we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep it in universe here. Yeah. So happy birthday to, to both of them. And, and I thought it was just fitting that today, uh, we're, we're doing this podcast. Uh, so jumping into uh, the episode from rebels, um, the last battle, what were your guys's initial, uh, impression of the episode? What'd you guys think? You ask us this question every time. Why do I not know what to say? <laughs> um, I think, uh, I, I mean, I don't honestly don't remember what my first impression was when I first saw this episode, mm-hmm. but rewatching it, I was um, kind of surprised at uh, how s- smart the Kalani character was, um, how intelligent he was, and also kind of how human it was in a way um and i thought it was also a pretty interesting sort of um, point along ezra's character development arc as well um because you know we've kind of seen him before this as like the inquisitive kind of hyperactive sort of kid you know and um, almost like an Aladdin type of street rat character. And now we see him 
maturing more and um, even giving advice to his elders. And it's surprising, you know, so mm-hmm. um, it was it was neat to to revisit this. Yeah, I think it was it was uh, we'll get into the plot, obviously, as we go here. But the. Yeah, just just the, the themes that came up were interesting. What's funny is I, I kind of remembered I had seen it once before. Watch it again this morning, and um, I, you know the episodes are all what like twenty two, twenty three minutes long without mm-hmm. commercials and stuff. You know, so like it's not. I, what I, I was, I found myself sort of surprised at how how short it was. I I, I feel like there's a lot. There's so much mm-hmm. there that watching it the second time, you know, it's it's I, it was starting to resolve, and I was like, wow, like. They really covered a lot of territory here, and I'm looking at like like the the timestamp on it real quick because I was watching it on my phone, and I was like, "Wow, that was a that was a fast 15 minutes," <laughs> you know. So, so they really managed to to pack a lot of I think really interesting content into it, um, in terms of the, the the bigger picture, like the bigger story, and some of those um, you know maybe some of those unresolved questions that maybe some some of us didn't know we had, or or even if it's it's some questions about you know the Clone Wars and war in general and all these kinds of things that maybe people weren't asking at first, you know, it stands to reason that they're, you know, good topics to kind of bring up to explore, uh, you know, further. Um, and I'm not sure this was, I think this came out 2016. So it's, uh, when did the last season, I don't remember when the last season of formerly the last season of clone wars was on. Do you guys remember like before they got like shut down temporarily? It was like was five like years 20? ago, I think six, five or six years Four? ago. So was it 2014? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a huge gap, you know, between the end of that and and this, but I thought this was, in my opinion, it seemed like this was one of those ways to kind of like get some closure Mm -hmm. on it, maybe before they knew that they'd be able to actually also, you know, kind of finish off, you know, Clone Wars a little bit as well too. So, um, but yeah, overall, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's a good one to kind of open up some discussion about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great episode. It's, it's one that, um, yeah, I really never thought about you know i i remember watching it you know when the episode came out but watching it again it's you know i i just had a new appreciation for this episode because you know uh, uh or this uh um for this one because it's it may have seemed like it was a filler episode but it it um it covers a lot of ground like like you mentioned mike um you know you have this sort of uh closure of for rex and and this uh maturity uh, this more growth for Ezra, um, kind of, you know, being the, the decision maker, um, the, uh, or the, the savvy one, you know, not being the ultimate decision maker, but, but ultimately, ultimately being the one that, that kind of, uh, is, uh, the smartest. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it was, uh, uh, the Kalani character too, um, was, uh, yeah, like you said, Angelo, very, very interesting. Um, you know, uh, sort of for a, tactical droid mm-hmm. um and uh you can you can see his thought process and and how he's using logic and um and he's you know he's witty and, and dry uh you know in that sort of way that we like our droids to be um but uh yeah i'm not programmed to understand your humor uh, <laughs> yes. uh but yeah uh it was uh yeah and and it's an episode where you have you know the the Republic, the, the, the separatists and the empire all in one. So it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. a, you know, a neat package, uh, for, for a rebels episode. That's, you know, just in the middle of a season that 
that does it with nothing really earth changing um, as far as the general yeah. story goes. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's neat. It got to, it got to play with all the, you know, characters and, and, and droids and ships that, that we know and love. And, and I get to revisit, uh, you know, those sorts of, you know, stories that are familiar. So yeah, it was a, it was a great one to revisit. Yeah, you you bring up a, an interesting point. Um, there, it doesn't really advance the the overall season wide plot at all. You know, they went there to get these proton bombs, and they actually leave without getting any of the proton bombs. Um, in the the rebels uh, uh, behind the scenes video, the uh, rebels recon. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think Pablo Hidalgo was talking about how they were sort of looking at this as like like a kid playing with a bunch of different toys like they were, they were just bringing in everything and um so so yeah a, f- a filler episode sure maybe um brings closure to uh to to really um Rex Kalani and Kanan cuz he was he was there for order 66 even though he was just a padawan and and Angela I, I definitely um kind of picked up on the same things that you did with Ezra as kind of being um the key I felt because he was the one who hadn't experienced any of this and so he's coming at this whole thing with a fresh perspective I mean the the, the questions that he asks is is almost comical because like he doesn't know what's going on and he's like you know this this droid is it a is it a bad thing and rex is like yeah yeah it's a really bad thing you know and 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 he and he is the one yeah who comes up with the solution and and the the reason that they're able to find the, this closure so it's it's really cool to see ezra's growth uh you know especially after knowing him from from season 1 uh as kind of just the the naive kid he's 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 grown quite a bit so um, so yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really, a really good episode on that front. And, and I got a, a lot more out of it rewatching it this time than when I saw it originally, because when I'd seen it originally, I, I wasn't, uh, invested in, in the Clone Wars. And so now, now that I have been, uh, it's nice to, even for, for myself to, to have a little bit of that, that cl- same closure. And then I also, in my kind of initial observations, I just, I said, there are some great one-liners in this. There was so many that <laughs> I think I bolded them in my notes, but there was there was so many good one liners. Um, so jumping into uh, to this to the story arc, uh, the the um, synopsis is this uh, in search for arms and artillery. Captain Rex brings the rebels to an old abandoned base from the Clone Wars. They quickly find that they're not alone, however, and must once again face enemies from the past. So we open with the ghost descending onto the planet Agamar, and uh, it lands near a former separatist supply ship. And Rex, Kanan, Zeb, and Chopper all all leave the ghost, and Hera and Sabine are uh, going to uh, go go raid a fuel supply depot. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, and and immediately right off the bat, we get one of the one of the best. Uh, one-liners of the whole of the whole episode because Hera's asking if they need help or if they're sure they don't need help sorry and Kanan responds with I'm sure everything will go horribly wrong <laughs> like of course uh <laughs> sort of just like a standard summary of pretty much every episode I think but you know mm-hmm. um it's like he's not he's not pessimistic he's just like <laughs> this, this is this, this is we've established life. this is how our <laughs> yep. day goes yep 
um, and we are we already see Rex sort of um, dealing with. I, I don't want to say memories, but but he he inadvertently calls Kanan Sir and then General before he kind of settles on calling him Kanan again. So even Rex right off the bat from this episode is 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 dealing with or falling back into some of the, the patterns um, of his life during the Clone Wars and under the, the leadership of the Jedi. And uh, we can we sort of see that kind of played out uh, through the entire episode. Um, and so they're they're landing on this this planet because Rex knows that there's this supply ship, this separatist supply ship uh, that hopefully they can find weapons, ammo. And specifically, they're looking for these these proton bombs that they're hoping that they can find. And as they are walking towards this uh, supply ship, Ezra picks up the, the head of a battle droid and um, we have Rex sort of reminiscing about kind of the old days and calling them clankers and um Ezra comments that that they don't really look that dangerous but Rex makes sure to to respond pointedly that that they took out many republic troopers and points out that they took out many of his friends as well. I think is that when Kanan says battles leave scars some you can't see? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting that um well, first of all, the situation, you know, is a reminder to not not minimize the pain that other people may have experienced that you never experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a nice sort of microcosm of, of that situation. But then, too, the, the fact that the, the blind guy of the group is saying, you know, so, some scars you can't see. And so, again, we're reminded of like Kanan's heightened perception you know even as he doesn't have his eyes his eyesight anymore and that's a that's a a really good point uh to make out uh they they deal very subtly with rex and ptsd um because he he has a lot of emotional scars of, of fallen fallen brothers and and everything and um yeah, th- those scars didn't leave a physical, uh, physical uh, manifestation, but but Rex is still very much dealing with them, and um, I think Ezra kind of grows to see that too. Go ahead. Sorry, for, yeah, I was just gonna add because again, this is one of the, we say this like every episode now, but you know, one of those things that now we have this this uh, fuller picture, right? Because of the the end of season seven, mm-hmm. um, and and seeing that play out and how dramatic that was, and you know all of his brothers there and Jesse. And, and so, yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> Cause I, I hadn't really, you know, had that the first time watching it, you know, you knew where it was leading and you can, you knew what had happened, but it's different when you know it versus when you see it. <laughs> so like you feel, you feel closer to Rex now. If you've seen those episodes, I feel like. Yeah. And I think even though, uh, Ezra was the one that kind of pushed them, you know, to, to go through with this, uh, ultimately I think Kanan too, you know, speaking of his, you know, perception again, I think, you know, he, he's, this is where he's realizing that, you know, they're doing this for Rex, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and even later in the episode, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, the, even though like the, he might not agree with some of Rex's tactics, he's like, you know, we're just going to do it his way because, you know, it, he needs mm-hmm. this. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, like you said, father, you know, it, touching upon his uh, PTSD, I think, uh, I think though you know his 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 friends and his you know 
those surrounding him are, are realizing what you know what parts they need to play um in order for him to you know to to kind of evolve from this yeah and and i think that's a that's a crucial point um that especially when when anyone not just you know uh, rex but but we ourselves anyone who has those those deep emotional wounds um really the only way to heal and the only way to to move forward is to not repress them to not ignore them but to acknowledge them and and i mean deal with them take them take them to prayer you know talk them out with a spiritual director counselor um for rex i guess that means do participating in a in a war in a war game you know but but acknowledging that that there is that that closure that's needed and that that healing that that's needed um and to 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 go there even if you don't really want to um which which both Kanan and Rex I'm probably reading into this but but you know they didn't want to engage in the war game and it was Ezra who kind of pushes for it and I think ultimately that's that helped both of them find find that that closure and and uh lead down the the road of healing for them and Kalani is a droid so I guess he doesn't really need healing but uh you know they they humanize the droids too so he probably needed it too uh but but that's a that's a interesting and a crucial uh part of this this whole episode and uh and that's yeah and that's that's definitely coming up uh because they haven't um at this point in the episode they're still just they they've approached the the separatist ship and um they they notice rex notices that that they do have the the proton bombs that that they're looking for and chopper he hears a battle droid uh and i didn't catch it until i had the the closed captioning on because there's actually one of the battle droids that that says i think roger roger and so chopper hears it and goes off um and the rest of the group all they get captured by the droids by by a ray shield and um the, the the battle droids all surround. Yeah, that's a yeah, 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 that's a ratio. I loved Ezra's um, inquisitiveness. Like he did, he he kept asking about everything. Um, I think yeah, and it was at this point that that one of the battle droids says uh, Roger Roger, and Ezra's like, wait, who's Roger? <laughs> who's Roger? Who's Roger? Um. They got they got so many fun jabs into the prequels and like in in a loving kind mm-hmm. of way like even like the ratio I, I couldn't help but remember you know every time I watch um, uh, episode three yeah. it, it's just such a kind of a goofy line from Obi Wan they're like wait a minute we're smarter than this <laughs> you know but you get that same kind of like thing with them like okay here we are and like as Rex is telling them about it they get in mm-hmm. shields like okay and then another great line from the droids is they they. They stun the whole group, and um, as they're walking away, you can hear them ca- ca- talking to each other, and one of them's like, we haven't captured anybody in years. And then the <laughs> other's like, we haven't sure captured anyone ever. ever. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of, um, I, I can't help but, and I think a lot of people online as they're reviewing these episodes have, have compared uh, these droids, or even just the, the droids of the Clone Wars in general, to those of Episode 1. Um, and in the Clone Wars and in this one, they are quite a bit more humorous and human, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in Episode 1, they were more professional and you know just kind of there <laughs> yeah yeah serve a purpose 
Well, they're still a little goofy, like when when they when you know when Qui Gon confronts them, just trying to walk past them, and he's like, "We're going to Coruscant," and he's like, uh, "That doesn't compute," uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. But like, they're more robotic, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they even show up briefly in Resistance too. Mm. Yeah, you know, for those who haven't seen it, it's a, that's a fun little. <laughs> You know, I'm like, man, those things are they're still out there. <laughs> like decades later, like, come on. Well, yeah, I think I, I, I much prefer, obviously, the way Rebels and Clone Wars handles them. Because, uh, again, you know, like you mentioned, it's humanizing them in a way and and adding, you know, humor, you know, uh, that the humor aspect to it. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, all these again, all these years just kind of being uh, isolated and malfunctioning you know <laughs> maybe that that just kind of uh became an evolution of uh of their ai or whatever you know and 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 gained a sense of humor um but but yeah i i, I do much prefer uh how they're handled in in the animated series yeah i i agree i like the humor and it's sort of appropriate for for an animated show i mean it just feels it feels right uh, so the group gets captured, and um, and here we sort of have the the most uh, prominent sort of PTSD moment with with Rex. He he wakes up um, and sees the the super tactical droid, and um, immediately you know thinks that he's he's in the Clone Wars again, and doesn't quite you know know what's going on or where he's at. Um, he even turns to Kanan and calls him Cody, uh, which. Uh, you know, it, he, yeah, a friend of his, and and of course the 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 clone trooper with Obi Wan who who turns on him in Episode Three. Um, and Kanan actually has to kind of talk him down and and you know bring him back into into the present and to help him kind of remember you know where he is and and root him in in the the now. Um, and uh, at that point, uh, Rex you know, is able to kind of come back to himself and recognize where he's at and everything and uh, confirms to the group that, that it is a uh, super tactical droid. And, and that's where Ezra asks, you know, is that bad? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Um, the droid is extremely intelligent is what he says. And, and to point out Kalani is, is that super tactical droid. And um, it's the same droid that was in uh, season five of the clone wars. He was in a three episode arc uh episodes three through five and um i haven't seen that particular arc but um it involved saw guerrera and they were training training them to fight against the separatists and um i think it ends with with kalani being sent to agamar um to await further instructions so we sort of we have a connection now a direct connection to to the clone wars and we know that Kalani and the droids never left Agamar. They were still, they, they stayed there the whole time waiting instructions and um, calculating and strategizing, apparently. <laughs> very, very, du- very dutiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I just say one thing quick, Father, about the, because uh, I'm sure we'll explore it more, but just, uh, I found that very touching with, and, and powerful with, um, with Rex and, and the sort of, the flashback, I guess you could call it, you know, like the, the name, mm-hmm. you know, uh, misfire. And, and it's interesting cause I, you know, it, it hits a little close to home for me personally, um, because I, I was deployed in 2008. Um, but while I, you know, looking back on, it, I was very, very blessed. I was very fortunate. There were a couple of close calls, but nothing, 
you know, you know, knowing now what I didn't know when it was going on, it, it, it could have been a lot worse, could have been a lot closer. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends, a lot of people in my unit, you know, my, my uh, brother and some of his friends as well, like just through the that that community, you know, that uh, weren't so lucky, weren't so fortunate that still carry those scars, you know, in a lot of ways or might have those moments. And what's always interesting to me about it is like every time I reflect on it, it's interesting how absolutely like ubiquitous war is in human history, for one thing, you know, and in one sense, it's it, it, as terrible and awful as it is, and you'd think in one sense we should be used to it by now because it's always there, right? But by the same token, it's interesting how, like, the way it affects people psychologically, to me, always just feels like proof that it's just, it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's like fundamentally, this is not, you know, the way God intended this to be, that there's there's something missing here, and you can see just those weird little things it does where like, you know, people forget what timeline they're in. It's just so disruptive in addition to its obvious destructive uh, uh, nature, you know? So I, I thought that, I mean, for, again, you know, for a show that we, we tend to see as a kid's show, you know, I was like, wow, that was like so well done without going to a really scary mm-hmm. place, you know, for a kid that might be watching it, but it's getting them a very important message to think about. This isn't something to take lightly you know, and uh, and to show respect for those, you know, who have been through something so terrible. And then, you know, you may not be able to understand mm-hmm. it, but, you know, they're dealing with it. And I, th- I feel like Kanan was the best voice sort of for that through the episode, like to Ezra, you know, just like give him time. You know, this is a, a big deal for him, that kind of thing. So I just wanted to mention that. I just thought that was really well yeah. done. Yeah, I think I think that that's um, one of the key points of the whole episode is uh and I mean, we of course know that that uh, God made us out of love for love, you know. And and so, like when I keep going back to to that, like that's that's one of the most foundational truths of of who we are. And war is, the, I mean, it's so contrary to love, where you're killing and you're you're you know um, fighting and, and you're, you're suspecting the worst in other people and you're, you know, uh, living in, in this, this tension of, of malice. Uh, and yeah, it, I mean, that's, that's where all the, that's where the wounds come into play. You know, if, if we all, if we lived in a world where we perfectly loved one another, there would be no, there would be no wounds. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's what, that's what heaven is, is this, you know, complete and utter perfect love between one another and with God. But on, on this world, we have the, the brokenness of human nature. We have sin, we have conflict, um, and, and it's destructive. And yeah, for, for being a kid's show, it does a really, really good job of, of, of not being preachy, not being insensitive. Um, even Ezra's sort of inquisitiveness isn't doesn't feel um disrespectful um you know and and Kanan yeah I think does a really good job of of recognizing Rex's situation probably because he relates to it a little too well and is able to kind of be that that bridge between the two so um yeah I I think and and it shows it shows how far mm-hmm. Kanan's come because he wasn't exactly friendly with yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) just a few episodes ago you know and he's like totally his like advocate like the whole way through this ironically enough we're now season three episode six and i think rex was introduced at the beginning of season two so 
Mm. But, but yeah, there, there's immense growth there. And I, and I love, um, uh, Angela, you'd mentioned this earlier, uh, Canaan's blind. Mm-hmm. And yet we, we see this incredible, he, he can see in a more metaphorical sense, way more than, than he ever really could. So it's, yeah, it's really cool to, to kind of see that played out. So, um, at this point, the, the Kalani, uh, tells them, and I love his sort of matter of fact uh, way that he tells them that, you know, near the end of the war, uh, the, the droid army outnumbered the Republic units and their probability of being defeated was only 23.6% uh, <laughs> chance. Uh, and so he is convinced that the separatists should have won the war um, and says that the, the Jedi betrayal ended the war uh, for much of the galaxy and that when the shutdown command was issued for the droid army, uh, Kalani assumed it was a Republic trick and prevented the shutdown command. So that's why he and his group of droids have been active ever since and not shut down. And so what they want to do, or what Kalani wants to do, is he wants to engage Rex, Kanan, Ezra, and Zeb to some degree in a, in a war game to uh, end the war as he had planned it. He wants a, a separatist victory. And we have this exchange, and, and Rex and Kanan don't want don't to give in to this, and that's when Ezra jumps in and says that he he wants to do this and he wants to do it because he wants to help Kanan and Rex uh with this last battle um after hearing about the clone wars from them he wants to to help them with this this last battle i thought it was comical that that zeb doesn't at all want to participate and kalani's like yeah you're right you weren't in the Clone Wars. Your your species weren't. So you're uh, you're going to be the hostage <laughs> that the Jedi have to rescue. Um, and, and it's so it's it's so like because he just calls him by yeah. a species. And he's like, you're correct, Mossad. <laughs> like you're not like it's like it's like setting a chessboard and they're like like that has dust mm-hmm. on it. You know, it's like it's been so long. He's like, no, you go here and you go here and yeah, you know, like his his own sort of PTSD. But for him, it's like a math yeah. problem. It's like, no, it should like it should not have happened. <laughs> and that's how he approaches everything. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's very uh, he's already calculated the probabilities. Um, it's funny. He says that the, the Jedi rescue is a recurring scenario based on 132 battles he has reviewed. Yeah. Uh, yep. Little uh, behind uh, Easter egg, I think here. Um, if you consider uh, the the two episodes, the disappeared part one and part two from season six of the Clone Wars, as one episode, there are 132 episodes total in the Clone Wars. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> so he's been, he's been watching, <laughs> he's the been watching the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, uh, awesome one-liner, uh, to Kanan, uh, Kalani asks, you know, Jedi, is this your Padawan? And Kanan says, well, most of the time. (laughs) Um, so he sets them up and, and I love your analogy of a chessboard. Uh, he has all the pieces in play that he wants. He has a Jedi, he has a Padawan, he has a Republic captain, and he has a hostage and he has his droids all, all in play for this, for this battle. Um, and so they reluctantly decide to, to agree to, um, to do this as the best way to get out of their, their current dilemma. 
Meanwhile, Chopper is off on his own and he finds a separatist shuttle and powers it up. And um, I love how he hits it when it doesn't fully start <laughs> up like any like any good mechanic. Just, you know, <laughs> hit it and it'll work. Um, he powers up the shuttle and uses it to send a distress signal out uh, to Hera and Sabine. Which, of course, we sort of knew this was going to happen. Uh, Hera and Sabine are caught up in their own battle and are not going to be able to to come to Agamar to their rescue. They were ambushed by uh, Agent Callus and Governor Price as uh, they had they had got uh, they had they had gotten fuel for the rebel fleet, and uh, so they are being chased down by the Imperials. Um. Another fantastic line uh, <laughs> uh, between Hera and Sabine. Uh, Sabine, no, Hera says, you know, if Kanan needs help, he'll call us. And Sabine says, you know, since when? And Hera says, fine, if Chopper's in over his head, he'll hide and call us. <laughs> and that's more believable. Yes. Um, which is exactly what, what happened. happened. Yeah. Kanan, <laughs> Kanan didn't at all reach out. Um, of course, he didn't really have the, well... I guess maybe he'd have the opportunity to either way. Chopper is the one who reaches out with the, with the distress call, but that distress call is, is, uh, intercepted by the Imperials and price orders, uh, deployment of Imperials to go to Agamar to, to check this out. Yeah. This, uh, it's and, funny. Uh, yeah. I just want to mention that, you know, with Kalani setting up this war game, it reminded me of the movie war games. If, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if any of you have seen the, the 1980s movie with Matthew Broderick, you know, about the, this hacker, um, that, yeah, was, yeah, he's, uh, you know, at first they think they're just doing this game, you know, just to test their hacking skills or whatever as a competition, but they're actually, you know, it actually implicates, uh, or, or they become in, they're in, they become in control of, uh, actual nuclear weapons. <laughs> um, uh, so this kind of reminded me of that because it's like, well, Kalani just wants to play this game, you know, even though it can cost their lives, he wants to play this game just for the mm-hmm. sake of like who had the better tactical, you know, strategy. Um, but little do they know now with the empire, you know, uh, intercepting the signal they're they're now involved and they're going to add, you know, their, add their little, uh, you know, pieces to the puzzle. Um, so it becomes mm-hmm. an actual threat, you know, as we'll get to, uh, at the end of the episode. I guess it goes, that goes to show that um, to Kalani, they're all just things in his, you know, in his game. And it just reminds you that he is a droid. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. care if somebody dies. Okay, that's just part of the way things happen. And there's no emotional, you know, implication or effect on him. And that, yeah, it's probably like how he's programmed to, to know that they've won a battle. It's like, you know, who had the better strategy? And uh, it's it's funny. It's not like oh, uh, who you know who came out like actually winning at the end, or how many had who had more survivors or uh, whatever. Uh, but it's 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 just it, to him. It's like you know who who came out the the victor. Uh, you know, strategy wise, it's it's very interesting. He comes off as you know, it's just like a it's it's an ego trip. You know, he's just trying to to flex you know flex his own muscle. Um, but, you know, but as a droid. You know, it's like, well, what muscle does he have to flex? You know, he's he just has to be programmed that way. Yeah, he's 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 math, math and and reason is all that that he has. And 
uh they they sort of point that out a little bit later once once uh once they're on the same side fighting against the empire uh, uh and kalani says to rex you know um uh shoot i just had it um yeah i've never attempted such a desperate strategy mm. and rex says well that's why we always won and of course he rest, uh, Kalani responds with well not always but the 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 point there is is that uh human ingenuity is something that that Kalani and the droids don't have and often it's that that human gut that that ingenuity that unexpected uh you know human nature that we have uh is what often can can win the battle so even if the probability is against you which it often was against the Jedi you know, the Jedi often came out, came out on top. And Kalani actually, you know, it's, it's cool that you mentioned that Kalani actually, uh, shows a little, uh, ingenuity as we'll, as we'll find out, you know, when he's discussing, you mm-hmm. know, what, you know, what they're going to, how they're going to, you know, uh, use those proton bombs. Um, so yeah, yep. we'll get to it, but yeah, it's kind of a clever thing that he comes up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get to that. But, uh, the, the war game happens first. And, uh, the, you know, the, the objective is simple. Rex and the, the two Jedi are to fight their way back to the command center and rescue Zeb, the, the hostage. And so Kanan lets, uh, Rex take the lead since he has more, more battlefield experience. And so Rex, uh, wants to start and to, to be aggressive and to surprise the droids. And, uh, we see them start to, uh, fight against the droids who are now pouring out of the hangar. And, um, so they, they do fight their way into the hangar, but they also notice that the droids aren't acting as they normally do. Normally they would be sent out kind of wave after wave after wave, and that is not what's happening. And so they, they conclude that, that Kalani has had all this time to, to think and to replan and to come up with new strategies. And so they're, they're suspecting that he's come up with a, a new strategy to try to, to try to win this battle. Um, and so we have, we have a, an interesting comment that's made there is that uh, they, they mentioned that Kalani wants to win and his programming uh, wants to win. But then they also mentioned that in regards to the clones as well, that the clones were bred for combat just as the droids were. Um, I think we, just kind of had just mentioned that, but the the difference being, of course, is that the clones aren't just robotic programmed into it, but the clones have human nature and have some of that that ingenuity, and, and Rex isn't just a automaton. So they fight their way into the hangar, and uh, at that point, Kalani sends the the destroyers to go in and and take them out. And so the destroyers go on the onto this catwalk above the the hangar and start shooting at at Rex and the the Jedi. And since they can't get through the shields and destroy the destroyers, Ezra suggests to use the, a crane that he sees in the hangar to take out the catwalk and destroy them. Uh, so they decide to do that. Rex and Kanan uh, run the other way to draw their attention away from Ezra and uh Ezra uh moves off the other way and Kalani says, you know, ah, the Jedi have split up as they do 76% of the time. <laughs> another another uh mathematician's uh 
comment there. Uh, on his way to the to the crane, Chopper uh, gets a hold of Ezra, shows him the shuttle that he had started and used to send a distress signal. And so Ezra tasks Chopper to get the shuttle up and running for uh, their potential escape. And that was a, an a, a important plot point moment, too, because that took Ezra away from his task. And Ezra didn't think anything of it. Ezra goes back and, um, of course, Ezra is delayed because Chopper, Chopper pulls him away. And Rex, Rex then is, is impatient and because things aren't going exactly according to plan. And Rex ends up being shot, but his uh, Generation 1 armor holds up. <laughs> just fine uh ezra does then use the force to to move the crane and he knocks the catwalk down and it destroys the the droids and we have once ezra catches up with with rex and kanan we have another sort of moment with with rex uh he's visibly angry with with ezra for for deviating from the plan and for, you know, causing, uh, causing things to kind of not happen as, as Rex had thought. Um, and, uh, he tells Ezra that they need to win by strategy and discipline. And that's where we have one of the, the moments with, with Kanan, who's, you know, very gentle with Ezra and telling him it's not Ezra's fault, but that, that Rex, Rex has this need to finish the battle his way. Um, and that kind of, goes back to what we were talking about is you know rex is is dealing with with all of this and uh trying to trying to work through it and it's it has nothing to do with ezra um but rex has to rex has to deal with with his own his own issues there um as they are heading back to the command center they are ambushed by by more destroyers and something interesting happens here. They they use the force to push them, and that actually takes down their shields. And Rex uh, picks up his helmet, which was knocked off, and throws it at the second one, which takes out the shield. And they're able to to destroy them both. That Gen One armor, Rex, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little unceremonious, yeah. but very effective. Um. Well, and, and Rex Rex even says something to the effect of like, oh, that actually worked yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, takes it out. <laughs> uh, but we we find out very quickly that it shouldn't have worked. And Kanan recognizes that uh, the only reason that it worked is that their shields overheated because they're they're too old. Mm. And so the, the droids are are malfunctioning. And Rex says, just like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. Kalani and Rex are both. <laughs> They need closure. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get to the the command center, and uh, Rex claims victory, and of course Kalani disagrees, and uh, Ezra jumps in and and comments that, that the droids are so old that they may have malfunctioned, and that's the only reason that they didn't win. So then Kalani claims victory, more on a technicality than anything, but uh, he's trying to trying to claim the separatist victory and it's at that point that ezra being the young naive innocent one has the most profound wisdom out of out of all of them and he manages to ask some very pointed and crucial questions he makes the the comment that um 
that the that Kalani's victory uh, isn't isn't true either. That that nobody won, and then uh, explains, you know, well, like especially for the Clone Wars, the Jedi were wiped out, the clones were decommissioned, the droid army was shut down, and then he asks, the Clone War ended, but why? If none of you won, who did? Which I think was was a question that they that both probably Rex and Kalani avoided asking themselves it was i mean you know during the clone wars it was you know they they were just trying to destroy as many droids as possible or destroy as many republic uh units as possible but after order 66 they probably never asked that question who actually won the clone war yeah they were just following orders yeah and zeb of course has the 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 answer uh the empire uh I, I put in my notes that actually, you know, it's it, Palpatine. He's 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 the ultimate one who who won because he was playing both sides of the war from the beginning. Um, and I think later on even uh, and we'll we'll get to it. But but Ezra makes the point that the Clone Wars was orchestrated with the intention that neither one of them would win like they weren't meant to win. And so it was important for them, Rex and Kalani, to be able to to face that truth and to acknowledge it. But at this point, the Empire shows up, and we um, <laughs> we have the the awesome sort of you know turning of the tables here, and uh, the the droids and Rex having the opportunity to come together and work together against uh, their common enemy. And and I love how how logical Kalani is. Rex is hesitant, but Kalani is able to to use logic to recognize that you know his his whole goal was to um, to destroy the the tyranny of the Republic, and then he is able to make the connection that the Republic became the Empire. Therefore, the Empire is now the enemy. Um, like I accept yeah. your logic. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very Spock like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lack lack of emotion there, and just yeah, okay. Um, so they decide to. Well, I guess they don't decide to to work together quite yet because first Kalani needs to determine whether or not the Empire is a threat, and we have we have the wonderful welcoming party of droids <laughs> that goes out to the stormtroopers. Those those poor guys. <laughs> They're like they're, they're so happy, you know. They're like like wandering out, waving hello. Yeah, hello. Yep. And and you get the impression that the stormtroopers have this is not their first mm-hmm. rodeo running into old battle yep. droids. <laughs> like you know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> they they say something more or less to that effect, like you know the drill, and then they just they they take out uh, the, the the poor battle droids, which were yeah so incredibly polite. And of course, the you know stormtroopers can they can they can hit whatever they shoot at as long as it's not a main character. <laughs> yes. Like I don't know what the training is, but there's been so many jokes about that. Yep, even in yep. the Mandalorian, I love that they play. They don't even say anything. They're just like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was because they were so close to the battle droids. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that could be. I was like, because the, the Mandalorian <laughs> really makes the point that like whatever they're aiming at, they just don't hit. Mm-hmm. Which is a brilliant <laughs> joke. Um, so 
yeah, that 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 uh, little skirmish uh, convinces Kalani that the Empire is indeed uh, the enemy here, and so they decide to to team up to to escape. Um, and so they come up with this strategy that is not uh, not perhaps reasonable or, or rational. Um, but the, those proton bombs they decide to to use, and they throughout this whole thing they also sort of make the the same sort of joke with the with the, the battle droids that they also are terrible shots yeah. yeah and so they decide to roll these proton bombs towards the walkers which are approaching and the battle droids rather than firing at the bombs to explode them are going to fire at the jedi who are going to redirect the blaster bolts to hit the proton bombs because they are accurate and that will ignite them and uh, destroy uh, the walker, um, which is exactly what they do. And it works amazingly, according to plan. Um, I kind of chalked this up to that. This was just a random f- uh, little battalion of, em- of Imperial troops like Agent Callus wasn't there or Governor Price wasn't there. So like, <laughs> yeah. The, the this little group of the Imperials were just kind of meant to to come out on the on the worst end of this fight. Yeah, they didn't send their varsity team. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So yeah, so so they they take out a walker this way, and meanwhile they are going to uh, three of these separatist shuttles that they have in the hangar to to escape, and because they're able to destroy the first walker uh they're able to to escape the hangar um except for one of the shuttles the first shuttle with with um just a a group of of battle droids is is shot down um but both kalani and a group of battle droids and rex and uh kanan ezra and zeb and chopper all on the other shuttle are able to to escape and uh uh get off get off world um and at that point uh they they have this dialogue with kalani rex and kalani and and the group and that's where they they're able to sort of synthesize this whole battle um and that you know that it actually um (laughs) rex i think says that you know we all just won the clone war and and ezra was the one who ended it because Ezra was able to to bring the Jedi, the clones, and the battle droids all together, um, you know, to work together and find the middle ground that throughout the entirety of the Clone Wars they couldn't do. And Ezra points out that all he did was point out that that none of them, the Jedi, the the clones, or the droids, were meant to win. You couldn't win. And that realization you know, is able to, to bring that, that closure that they, that they need, which I thought was a, a really good way to, to kind of synthesize the, the, the whole complicated politics of the Clone Wars and, and to bring Rex's character and Kalani and, and Kanan to, to a, to a bit of closure. Um, what did you guys think about the, the, that kind of synthesis of the entirety of the Clone Wars? Well, I thought it was, uh, you know, you know, having Ezra be like the, you know, having his perspective be the one that kind of wins out. It's it kind of shows again like that, you know, when you're in war or when you're in like, you know, in the in the times we are now, you know, in in very heated political and social, you know, 
debate that, you know, there's two extremes. There's, you know, left versus right, Democrat, Republican, you know, whatever, uh, whatever side you're on, um, pro-choice, pro-life. It's, it's like, uh, there's no room for, for nuance and there's no room for like the, the moral high ground. It's like either one side wins and the other side loses there, there, there's no way for everyone to win. You know, there's, it's, and it took, you know, someone that like Ezra, who's, who's neutral and who, uh, is, you know, innocent, um, and, uh, who's, who's just looking at the logic and morality of it, um, and came away with, you know, it was very easy for him to come to those conclusions. It wasn't like he, you know, he had to Mm -hmm. think it through all that much. Uh, so it kind of shows you like how blind you are when you're just on one side of, uh, one side of an issue or one or, or on one team or whatever you want to call it. It just shows you how blind you could be. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a good sort of commentary on, you know, in today's society where, you know, it's it's so much like, oh, we have to be right. You know, it's like our side has to be right in order for us to move forward. You know, that's that's how Kalani thought, um, you know, he, he had to be the one with the best strategy. And, and and then, you know, Rex had to be the one to do it his way and, and to win. So it, it, you know, having Ezra be be the, the one that kind of figured out how to how everyone could win uh in the end or at least move forward uh it it just shows like how having that outside perspective thinking outside of the box just for once you know and i think that's something we can all do it's like get out of our our bubble and 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 just think about like obviously as as you know as christians you know to think about like okay what what is the right thing to do what is morally what would what would God want us to do in this situation? What would He will for us? And and what what does God teach us? And 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 how does the church guide us? Uh, so I think you know have it, that's just a good lesson to learn. You know, I think at the end of the day. So I think the episode did a great job of of uh, of showing that. Yeah, um, you know, going back to today's situation, I I definitely saw that. Um, you know. This, we're recording this during the pandemic, and there's been a call for a global ceasefire because of that. And so people, uh, leaders of nations are having to make that decision, you know, um, leaders of organizations that may may cause violence um, to, you know, it's kind of like Father was saying at the beginning that in war, you have to suspect the worst in others. Um and yeah, I think that that connects with what you're saying, Andrew, that, you know, right now there it is very polarized. And I think a lot of us have gotten into that mentality of expecting the worst in someone, assuming that someone has certain motivations, certain intentions, um, certain beliefs, whatever, that mm-hmm. do not jive with what we b- believe or what we think is right etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know as christians um we're actually called to do the opposite we're actually called to assume that someone has the best of intentions and that is very difficult right now it's almost like um an ideological war that's going on um and yeah it's it's like we're we're in a, a battlefield and we have to sort of rethink and be open just like the characters in this situation to say, okay, who is my enemy? You know, who, who are my friends? 
at one point, I don't remember who it was, but during this episode, when they were discovering that they have to kind of work together, somebody says, well, that takes trust to a whole new level, you know, and, and I think that's what we're called to do right now, you know, to, wow, to really swallow our pride, to not necessarily rely on our own knowledge, on our own experiences, but to open our hearts, our minds to other people in our lives and to really be willing to say, okay, maybe I need to listen a little bit more, you know, like Ezra, when, when he was kind of getting chewed out by, by Rex, um, he, you know, he didn't bark back at, at Rex and he didn't, he wasn't defensive, but he listened. And, um, you know, that's, I think that's what we need to be doing with each other right now. I but don't really have much to add. I would just kind of echo what you guys were saying um, in, a, in a strange sort of roundabout way, which I didn't anticipate, through Maz Kanata, who's not in this episode, but who I, I love. Um, it's such an important line, I think, in terms of in, in the, the films, when she's talking at the table, you know, when they go to visit her, um, and, you know, Finn and Han and, and Ray, and they're all sitting there. And she, she talks about, you know, war and conflict and, you know, the question comes up, like, which war, like, trying to clarify, like, which war? And she's like, you know, the only one, like the one, <laughs> like the one between the, you know, the light and the dark, right? You know, that's, it's, so she, she has this wisdom that, you know, she's, she's seen this fight between, you know, Jedi and Sith and she's, you know, she's been around for a long time. She's, she's seen all these different manifestations of it. And then in each manifestation of it, there's at least the tendency, you know, to, to get so fixated on this particular manifestation of it that you miss what's making that. Um, and this, you know, um, I brought it up cause I, I don't have Bible verses memorized as much as I'd like to, but Ephesians six, right. Our struggle is not with the flesh and blood, but with the principalities powers, with the, you know, world rulers of this present darkness. Um, I'll never forget a talk years ago. Peter Kraft was going, I think I'm going to mention this before he's going down the list of like, uh, like he, he, he builds up this whole thing. Like, who our who our enemy is, and he goes down the list, and it's brilliant the way he did it, you know. And there's a good like two minutes where he's like listing like one group or one terrorist organization or one one you know like political you know wing or whatever, like one after the other. Uh, that that as he's building it up, like I'm sitting there listening to him, like oh yeah yeah here it's these guys, you know, <laughs> and like like taking that bait, and he 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 threaded it so well. And he goes through and like and, and like knocks them all down, and he gets to the point in this this talk where I'm kind of like, wait, wait a minute, what, who's left? You know, like he's basically knocked all these down, and he's like, our enemies are demons, and I feel so stupid because I'm sitting there when I hear this, and I was like, oh yeah, those guys, <laughs> yeah, you know. But it, truly, like the first time I heard him give that talk, it hadn't crossed my mind, and then I ever since, it's years now that I, I try to like at least keep that in the you know the back of my mind that it's like you know the the same. The same evil that 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 sort of motivated the Holocaust, the same evil that motivated child sacrifice, you know, in, in uh, you know, Aztec times, you know, like like you go down all of these different terrible things that have happened, like those forces are still out there, right? Like they're not they don't sleep, you know, they, they just sort of change their tactic a little bit and they're very good at influencing us and our our, our fallen nature. And so I think uh, the only thing I would add is just another scriptural thing, the whole, like, instead of 
getting so fixated on what's wrong with my with my brother, right? Like the splinter, right? Versus the wooden beam in my own eye, which you know, of course, is not to say that you know we can just go around saying like everything's okay and every like every opinion is valid and, and like well, no, like there is there is evil and there are things we need to resist and there are arguments we need to be making and and you know but for the sake of convincing you know our brothers and sisters who might be going down a a, a particularly vicious path not just to say oh they're you know they're like an evil person and their opinion doesn't count at all and i'm just gonna you know blast them you know so um again kids show Mm -hmm. right but like a tremendous amount packed in and i think so important to have it be you know, uh, you know, the what, how old is he? Like 15, 16. I think he's like 16 at this point. Um, not that many 15 or 16 year olds are that wise. Cause I work with them and <laughs> a lot of times they're not, I love them dearly, but, yes. but no, but, but sometimes that, that tremendous moment of like, you know, they say something and it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got that idea from me, right? Like, no. <laughs> So I just I, I I guess what I'm saying is I love Ezra and we need to see yes. him again somewhere. I <laughs> his you know yeah it's it's, it's a, a tremendously important contribution he's made you know in uh in a, in a pretty powerful way I think that they that they pulled that off like he legitimately ended the Clone War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I fully suspect we'll see Ezra again. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. his story is not completed. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I just I think I think everything that you guys have been bringing up is is absolutely fantastic and and so true. And, um, you know, part of uh, what makes any fictional story great is that it sort of it sort of is a commentary on our lives without it being preachy or, you know, explicit, especially, you know, science fiction. Like I, I want the escapism of Star Wars. But I also love how it subtly comments and informs and enlightens, you know, how we are called to live. And, you know, the, this whole this whole battle, you know, the whole Clone Wars, you know, is and is just a it's a yeah, it's a, if you look at it through that spiritual lens, it's really fascinating to 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 notice that Palpatine, who is a very visible representation of Satan himself you know, and he's the one pulling the strings and, and making the clones, you know, look at the droids as the enemy and the droids look at the clones as the enemy and completely be oblivious to the one pulling the strings. Even the Jedi were oblivious to, uh, Palpatine's manipulations. Um, you know, and so for, for Ezra to kind of sort of synthesize that and point out that, you know, you're, you're fighting amongst each other. You weren't meant to win. Neither of you, none of you, um, really, the only one that wins is the Empire or, you know, more specifically, Palpatine himself. And, you know, and so if we as humans get so caught up in looking at, yeah, the faults of one another and bickering with one another and not recognizing that ultimately we're all called to. Sure, we have different difference, opinion, difference of opinions, but we're all ultimately fighting against the same evil. Um, but rather many of us fall into fighting one another and, and not recognizing that, that inherent goodness in one another. And that, yeah, what we're called to do is to, to fight against the demonic activity, the, you know, uh, satanic and the, the true evil that, that exists in the world. Um, so yeah, for, for being a 20 minute animated episode, uh, it subtly comments on that and 
it's pretty profound for sure. Um, the end of the episode ends with, uh, Kalani predicting that, that the, the rebels have less than a 1% chance of successfully (laughs) staging a rebellion against the empire. So he decides not to join them. Just love how nonchalantly he says that. Um, (laughs) I think it was again in the rebels, uh, um, recon. Yes. Why can't I remember that? Uh, I want to say again, it was Pablo Hildago or one of the one of the the interviewees um, said that that potentially Kalani was, you know, maybe after the destruction of the first Death Star, he would have reevaluated that probability and then maybe determined to come and help the rebels if they if he thought that they had a, a higher percentage of of winning. But I don't think we ever have a have a follow up of where Kalani goes after this episode. Yeah, maybe he didn't he didn't know where that that hole was they had to shoot through. To, you know, to, maybe he didn't have all the plans yeah. of the Death Star. <laughs> no, cuz he would have been he would have been part of the separatists, so he had he would have had no access to the imperial uh records. Um and of course, uh they the the crew connects with Hera and the ghost and uh that shuttle that they get has is it becomes the new the new phantom. Um the original phantom was destroyed in the Rebel Season Three premiere episode. Um and so this becomes the the new the new phantom that uh Sabine gets to to give a new paint job to. Um, and then to just kind of conclude the episode, uh, the the very end credits, the the logo is actually stylized as the Clone Wars, and the music is the same from yep. the Clone Wars. So I don't think I caught that I, the first time, but but today mm-hmm. I was I was like, that's yeah. sweet. <laughs> I definitely didn't catch it the first time. Um, so. Again, kind of pulling it full circle back to back to the Clone Wars and all the the closures. It's the, li- it's so, the little things. Yeah, they're fantastic about doing that, which is yep. which is so cool. Um, any final observations, thoughts, comments? Yes. About the episode. Um, since our listeners span different age groups, different walks of life, and so forth. Uh, I thought it was worth mentioning that, you know, if you or someone that you know has gone through something very difficult, um, something that causes them a lot of stress, pain, you know, wounds, um, this was a TV episode. So it's going to take a lot longer than just one time around of confronting their pain for them to get through it. And, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's experienced trauma. And, you know, 10 years ago, it still affects me, you know, when I get in those situations, Um, even with counseling, even with spiritual direction, even after all that time. So it's a process. Um, So I I thought that was worth mentioning, um, especially if you're younger and, you know, you don't understand that. Um, And then also, you know, with we talked about demons and, you know, sometimes that can be scary and, you know, all those pain, painful things can be scary, too. But um, there's a 100 percent chance that Jesus wins in the end. Yes, yes. (laughs) That good wins in the end. And so we don't we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to um, worry that, you know, everything's going to turn out bad. Um, but we're called to be part of that, you know, that solution. 
um, because we're on the side of Jesus. So. Amen. Very well said. Thank you, Angela. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, I, I the, the one thing that I would add is if you are going through something like this that is painful or, or you're not sure, you know, how to deal with it, um, know that you're not alone. Um, Jesus is, of course, with you, but so are we as the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, we support one another. And, um, you know, you're always, always welcome to, to, to talk to your, to your local priest or to reach out. Um, you know, we're, we're all in this together and we're, we're going to help one another. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, bring, bring the healing that Jesus has brought us, uh, to, to one another. So, um, reach out if you're, if you're in that kind of situation and yeah, know that, that Jesus has already won the battle and we are, able to participate in our own little way as we continue to live our life as well. Well said. Okay. I think that is it from us. Uh, so listeners definitely let us know what you uh, thought of this episode of star Wars rebels. And you can do that by emailing us or commenting on our Facebook or Twitter page and letting us know that way. Our email is starwars at sqpn.com and you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And so now, like always, we would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including this week, Will W., David W., Frank R., Victor S., and Meg S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star, Star Wars and all the shows that we do here at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And your donations and generosity are absolutely crucial and essential for us to continue these podcasts. So please, 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 if you would like to support us, please do. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts or all, any of your favorite podcast players, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, etc. And you can also find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to click the bell to get notifications when we uh, release new episodes. And you can find all of our previous episodes um, at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And so we will be back in two weeks when we will continue in Star Wars Rebels by seeing more of Rex by reviewing season three, episodes 12 and 13. This is the ghost of the ghosts of Geonosis part one and two. So until then, Mike Creevy, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Always a pleasure, Father. Thank you. Absolutely. Andrew Hermes, thanks for joining us this evening. Roger, Roger. <laughs> and Angela Cialana, thank you for joining us as well. It's been a good one. Thank you. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>